0: The one-on-one post-game report. Hi, this is Matt Morrow welcoming you to our one-on-one post-game report. I'll be along with all the highlights of Fordham's 42-18 win over Lafayette. But first, for those of you listening on 90.7 FM, as soon as we talk to Coach Moorhead, we'll switch to the alternate side. If you want to continue listening to the post-game show, please go to WFUVsports.org and click on Fordham Fordham Sports in the top right corner of the screen. Click on the appropriate link and you can continue to hear our post-game show. But right now, let's
1: send it back to Mike and Nick across the street. Guys? Thank you, Fordham. A big-time winner, number 16, Fordham, defeats Lafayette 42-18. And so the Fordham Rams moved to five and one on the year, six games in Lafayette falls. They are now two and three on the year, 0-1 in the Patriot League. DJ Sixsmith with the victorious. Coach Joe Moorhead after the game. DJ. Victory. Oh, hold on one sec, guys. A couple more hands to shake here. <laughs> coach, 42-18. to 18, Last year, Lafayette ends your perfect season. Describe what this win meant tonight.
2: Oh, it's great. Uh... Continue to play well at home. And, uh, you know, the kids came out and responded to the challenge that we uh, we gave them this week. It was to come out and have a great week of practice, come out, play with great effort, play with great execution, and uh, be able to finish. You know, it got a little bit testy there at the end, uh, but the defense got a great stop. The offense responded back with a long drive and, you know, could have punched it in there at the end. But, you know, uh, I'm very I'm very pleased with our team's effort on in this game 3 nothing Lafayette all of a sudden you guys scored 24 unanswered what's changed in the second quarter no I think we, we hit our stride a little bit they were doing some things defensively that were giving us a little bit of issues so it took some time to figure out what they were doing and kind of uh, you know adjust our calls based off of that and uh, you know we hit our stride and when we play fast and we play with tempo and you know, we're able to run the ball it helps all facets of our game Coach, finally, first Friday night game at home since 1976. What was it like playing in front of the fans under the under the lights on a Friday night? No, great atmosphere, national TV. Like I told the kids, when you first strap on the pads, you're a little kid, this is the kind of night you dream about, you know? Uh, <laughs> you know. Home crowd, you know, national TV, team that beat you last year, and defending Patriot League champion. I mean, it was a great opportunity for our kids, and I was glad they took advantage of it. The Rams get revenge
1: at home. Coach Moorhead, thanks so much. Thank you. Guys, back up to you. That's DJ Smith, our sideline reporter for the day, and Fordham football head coach Joe Moorhead. Number 16, Fordham, rolls once again. They're 2-0 in the Patriot League. For Nick Leggerfo, I'm Mike Watts. Back across the street, final score from Jack Coffey Field, Fordham 42, Lafayette 18.
0: Matt Morrow back here in the Rose Hill Studios on Internet only now, edition of the one-on-one post-game report. Fordham with the big 42 to 18 win over Lafayette. Mike Watts and Nick Legerefo will be back with me in just a bit to go over Fordham's win here over the Leopards. But first, let's take it from the top. The teams would trade punts in the first three possessions of this game. On the fourth drive of the game, second of the night for the Leopards, Lafayette would hold the ball for over seven minutes. Now, they would fall short of six points, but kicker Ryan Graylish would get the scoring started.
1: Baker to snap. Searfoss to hold, and Ryan Graylish fresh off a four-game suspension, on to kick the extra, uh, the field goal rather. This is from 37 yards. Kick is away, and it is right down the middle. It's good.
0: So it would take almost 13 minutes to put points on the board. The Graylish field goal gives Lafayette the 3 0 lead, led by backup quarterback Blake Seerfoss filling in for the injured Drew Free. Now, I want to bring the guys over at Jack Coffee Field back into the discussion. Just two minutes left in the first quarter, Fordham's not yet on the board. It seems like this has become a trend for the Rams. I mentioned it in the halftime show. It's six games now, the Rams have started with the ball, and in all six games on their opening drive, they failed to score. So, guys, what's going on with Fordham to start these football games?
1: Well, Joe Moorhead just said it in the postgame interview, and he, he said that a lot of teams, and I think it goes back to everyone giving Fordham their best shot, a lot of teams have thrown some new wrinkles into the schemes to try and get Fordham and takes a little while for them to get used to it but in truth they don't really look entirely ready to go it seems at the start of the game so far a couple of incomplete passes that are uncharacteristic that you don't really expect and the running game takes a little while to get going Fordham really punishes teams with the run game this year as opposed to last year we didn't really feel like they're punishing them as much as they were really doing a good job of of getting the run game going with maybe a little less power behind it. But, yeah, it's a little bit odd for a team that averages 45 points a game or give or take 40 points a game to end up having that happen to them six times in a row.
0: Well, guys, that slow start would soon be forgotten as Fordham would quickly get on the board thanks to that running game.
1: Eberk steps back into the gun, gets the ball, handoff, Edmonds off the gut, breaks it free at the 40. He's loose at the 25. Roberts chasing from behind at the 5. Edmonds into the end zone for the touchdown. Touchdown, Chase Edmonds, 44 yards, and the Rams take the lead, 6-3.
0: Chase Edmonds breaks one free. Nick Legerefo had mentioned just before that run that Edmonds had yet to really get going. But now a 44-yard touchdown run and a Mirando extra point makes it 7-3 Rams just a minute and 20 seconds later. The end of the first quarter would come 45 seconds after that with the 7-3 Ram lead. Lafayette would, put, would punt on the ensuing possession, and a Leopard penalty on the Brian Wetzel return gives the Rams great field position, but Fordham would have to settle for a Mike Mirando field goal attempt.
1: Carlisle to snap. He sends it back. High snap put down by Wetzel. The kick is away. It's got the distance, and it's good.
0: So, Miranda kick gives Fordham a 7-point lead, 10-3, but unable to convert for the touchdown with that good field position. They already had the slow start. So, guys, bringing back into it, at this point of the ball game, is there any bit of concern? They had that slow start. Now they don't convert here. Is there any point in this part are we thinking about last year's loss? Are we worried at this point that Fordham's offense is not going to click?
3: Well, I mean, there, there's some concern that uh, Fordham hadn't really been able to move the football against Lafayette and you know, you start to think back to last year. Could this be just Lafayette having Fordham's number? At least those those thoughts start to creep in somewhat in the back of my mind. Uh, but fortunately, uh, Fordham put those to rest in the second quarter.
0: Well, another Lafayette punt right after that. The Rams get the ball back at their own 20, and then they've gone their nicest drive so far of the night.
1: Niebrick in the gun, gets the ball, handoff. No, he keeps it, throws right, caught, Ajala, touchdown. Throwing up money hands is Mike Niebrick as he goes back to the bench. Touchdown, Fordham. It's 16-3 Rams with 537 to go in the second.
0: Add the extra point, and Niebrick to Ajala makes it 17-3 Fordham. In the ensuing kickoff, Rams head coach Joe Moorhead tries to really steal the momentum.
1: It's an onside kick, and it's caught by Chapman. He keeps it in at midfield, and it's recovered by Fordham.
0: So the Rams recover that onside kick, guys. Nick, specifically, you just talked about it. You know that second quarter is where the Rams really broke it out. How big is this onside kick recovery in changing that momentum in the second quarter?
3: Oh, it was huge. I, I mean, it changed the entire complexion of the game. You you really saw Fordham start to click on on the offensive side of the ball making it 17-3 to at that point, and then forcing Lafayette's defense back out onto the field after they were already on their heels from the previous drive. That was just huge, and, and Fordham put the pedal to the metal, scoring a touchdown on that drive, and it, it just
1: changed the entire scheme of this game.
0: Well, just four plays after that onside kick, Michael Niebuhr connected with Tabucky Jones.
1: Niebrick gets the ball, play action, steps back, he's looking, pump fake, throw left, caught at the 10, to Bucky, makes a move at the 5, and he dinked him out of his shoes and goes into the end zone for the score.
0: So now it's 24-3 Rams, and we just continue to follow the second quarter script that Nick's been talking about. Lafayette quickly goes 3 and out, and once again, Fordham makes them pay quickly.
1: Niebrick in the shotgun three receivers set, two to the wide side left, getting the ball, play action, drops back, he's looking, fires it deep up the middle, it's caught, Wetzel into 25, he's all alone at the 10, and into the end zone as he runs across the goal line and walks it in,
2: Brian Wetzel,
1: 58 yards from Michael Miebrich, right up the gut, 30-3, to Fordham with 159 to go in the second quarter.
0: Brian Wetzel, a 58-yard reception, making it just a three-play drive, but a touchdown drive. The Mirando extra point with under two minutes to play makes it Fordham 31, Lafayette 3, 31 unanswered points for the Rams, 24 of them in the second quarter. Now, Mike, you're talking about Drew Reed not in this game. Now at this point, is this more the kind of game that we expected at the outset?
1: Yeah, I think so. As you got further and further into this game, I think it became more and more clear who the better team was. And honestly, Nick said it at one point. Yeah, I think Drew Reed would have played a little bit better, but at the end it's academic because if Ross Sherman isn't running well, I don't think it really matters who's in the game at quarterback. I could be playing quarterback. It would not make tremendous impact (laughs) if you're – All-American running back, all-patriot league quarterback. Yeah, Mike,
0: don't get ahead of yourself there.
1: I mean, I I throw lame ducks for fun. (laughs) But, I mean, in truth, if Ross Sherman can't run, this whole offense falls apart, and I think that's what happened. And I don't really blame uh, uh, Blake Searfoss for that at all.
0: Now, guys, stick with me for just a second. Do you think that Drew Reed not being in this game had any effect on Sherman's running? Do you think Fordham game planned a little bit more even for the run, knowing that Drew Reed wasn't there, going to be in there in the huddle?
1: Um, Yeah, to a certain extent, but Joe Moore had said this didn't affect what they were game planning for. They game planned for Drew Reed, but I think regardless of who's in the game at quarterback, you still game plan entirely around Ross Sherman, and Nick just underlined it here. When you look at rushing, Lafayette, 33 carries for 68 yards. That's got to be one of their worst performances in recent memory in terms of yards per carry. So at the end of the day, I think it really comes down to, You know, whether it's Drew Reed or Blake Searfoss, again, it's academic because Ross Sherman is the focal point of the attack.
3: Yeah, that's exactly right, Mike. And and you look back to last year, Michael Nieberg doesn't play defense. That defense (laughs) got torched (laughs) against this Lafayette team, 245 yards on the ground. This year, just 68. That's simply incredible, Mike.
0: Yeah. So, guys, Lafayette hadn't scored in over a quarter. No Drew Reed like we talked about. They didn't have a touchdown yet in this game. But backup quarterbacks, Blake Searfoss and Lafayette, make a late push for the end zone at the end of the second quarter.
1: Searfoss alone in the backfield. Sherman motions in. Four receiver set. High snap. Quick throw over the middle. It's caught. Touchdown, Mike Duncan.
0: So, guys, now it's 31-10 going into halftime. Knowing what we saw happen in the third quarter and early in the fourth, how big was this, Nick, to have that score for the Leopards to end that first half, get that touchdown?
3: Oh, it was huge because it changed the – sort of complexion of the game at that point. You have something positive going into the locker room. And remember, they were going to be getting the ball at the start of the second half. So you think you score two touchdowns back-to-back, you're right back in this game. So going into halftime, yeah, they were down by 21 points, but at least they had something positive to hang their hat on. And uh, going into halftime, that makes you feel pretty good, scoring a touchdown.
0: So after one half of play, Fordham leads this one 31-10 over Lafayette now we get to the second half Lafayette starts with the ball but they have to punt again so you figure maybe with another ramp touchdown this game could be put away early in the third but a drive for Fordham that gets close to five minutes stalls at the Lafayette six and Michael Mirando headed out for a second field goal try
1: 29 yard try from straight away takes three steps to the left of Wetzel he's a right-footed kicker Carlisle to snap on fourth and five from the six high snap put down kick is away and it's good right down the middle.
0: So just under 7 to play in the third. Fordham goes up 34-10. And then the next drive for Lafayette, Jordan Chapman picks up Blake, picks off Blake Searfoss. So you figure, okay, now they can put it away, but Fordham would have to punt on their next offensive drive. Jared Roberts returns that Pavlik punt 52 yards. A block in the back penalty cuts, them off, cuts that return off just a bit, but it still gets Lafayette to the Fordham 29. Less than a minute later, Blake Searfoss will get his team back on the board.
1: First and 10 from the 14-yard line of Fordham for the Lafayette offense. They trail by 24 with 88 seconds left in the quarter. Here's a throw over the middle. It's caught. Touchdown. Getting the ball, Searfoss throws over the middle. Duncan makes the catch at the goal line. He is in for the two-point conversion.
0: So the touchdown pass to Brian Keller, the two-point conversion to Mike Duncan, and it's a 34-18 game, Fordham's lead cut to two possessions with under a minute to ha- minute and a half to go in the third quarter. Mike, you could hear it a little bit in the call. A two-possession game with, with just a quarter of play seemed a little bit closer than it should have been for Fordham.
1: No, that's true, and I, I think it goes back to what Nick was saying. If you get a touchdown coming out of the half as well as going into the half, the two-point conversion there, and all of a sudden it's a two-possession game, that's a lot different late in the third quarter, final couple minutes versus five minutes into the third quarter i think if they had scored a little bit earlier i think fordham really would have felt like they were on the ropes one of those deja vu moments it's happening again mm-hmm. <laughs> so i i think what it comes down to is is it was late enough and fordham was able to put a drive together after that to the point where you're able to put something together but when fordham punted and it was a two possession game i think was the situation you start to go well maybe lafayette can make a run here
0: well, like you said, Mike, it's probably the point where Fordham needed to score the most. They're only up two possessions, but in that final minute of the third, they go three and out. So after three quarters, it's Fordham 34, Lafayette 18. Just three points in the third for the Rams, and they're going to have to punt to open up the final frame. So guys, what was different in that third quarter, maybe either offensively for the Rams or defensively for the Leopards, that Lehigh, uh, Lafayette excuse me, was able to hold them to just that field goal in the third?
3: Well, I think uh, one of the bigger things in, the, in this third quarter was the the pressure from Lafayette was really getting to Michael Niebrich, and it kind of limited the offensive output of, of the Fordham offense, because we had talked about it all game long. Lafayette was running that deep zone coverage, keeping everything in front of them, so it was going to take these receivers' time to get downfield, and when the offensive line didn't provide that time, there was nowhere to go with the football, and a lot of times he had to eat the ball, take sacks and uh, that really stalled the offense.
0: So Lafayette, after that punt for Joe, from Joe Pavlik to open the fourth quarter, goes on a four minute drive and they get deep into Fordham territory. But Foss's pass to Matt Morazic on fourth and 15 came up just a few yards short. Fordham gets the huge fourth down stop. And guys, it seemed like this might have been another play like the onside kick recovery in the first half, just a huge momentum swing for the Rams to stop the Leopards there.
1: Yeah, and it was, again, you mentioned it, deep in Fordham territory. If they get that first down, you're talking first down and 10, believe it would be somewhere around the 20-yard line or the 15-yard line. If you talk about having that opportunity and they cash in, well, now you're talking an eight-point game. That's a huge swing of momentum to now have the ball, have a chance to go downfield and get a chance to get a drive going. And uh, as memory serves, that's exactly what they did. So then just less than four minutes after
0: that fourth down stop, guys, it's Chase Edmonds reaching Pater for the second time on the night and the second dose of trickery from head coach Joe Moorhead.
1: Ebrick steps back into the gun. He's got Edmonds on his right. He takes the football, and he hands it off. Edmonds runs left, up the hash, dives in, he's in for the score. Chase Edmonds, second rushing touchdown of the day. Fordham's got 40 points yet again. And the Rams expand the lead. It's Fordham 40, Lafayette 18 with 7.17 to go in the fourth. Ebrick steps back. He gets the ball. He hands it off. Edmonds jump pass. Complete. Dan Light caught two-point conversion.
0: So, guys, the Edmonds score and then the trickery there on the two-point conversion. Here's where it finally seemed Fordham had shut the door halfway through the fourth quarter. Now they're up 42-18. So, two-parter here. Is this when you guys felt, okay, Fordham has put this away? And... How cool was that play to see it live?
1: There's so much <laughs> swag in Joe Moorhead's <laughs> play sheet. It's unreal. He does this every week. He comes up with a new two-point oh, play every week. This is unbelievable. And, and in truth, I, I think in, uh, he probably could have run that in. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if he wanted to, he could have run that in. But Chase really. Why well, run to it though. in
0: when you could do a nice little jump pass? We've seen he can run.
1: Just yeah. Jump pass. Yeah, I mean, why not? And it was a perfect spiral, to It too. was a perfect spiral. I'm just sitting up here
3: envious of all the ability that's on that <laughs> what field. What right is now. he doing what at running back?
1: Yeah, what can he do? I oh, mean, he's five foot something. He's that. That's probably why he's, uh, let's see, he's uh, five foot nine. That's why he's at running back. Never mind.
0: Well, Mike, you said Lafayette recruited him as a cornerback. I'm sure you could do that, too. He just seems like a, he's a he's a pretty good football player. He's a do-it-all
3: guy, yeah. <laughs> Lafayette's regretting the
1: fact that they weren't able to
3: get him. Maybe they, they should have
0: recruited him as a running back. Who knows? So Lafayette would fail to put up points on their final drive. Fordham runs out the clock, and at the end of this one, it's Fordham 42, Lafayette 18. And, guys, I mean, you guys are around the team during the week. Mike, I know you're there at a bunch of the practices. Could you tell all week that this was a game that they had circled on their calendars a year ago? Yes, they didn't have knee but it cost them the perfect season. And, yes, there were up and downs like we've talked about. They're not the well-oiled machine that we're used to just yet. But another dominating win. Is this a game you could tell they wanted for, for months?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it was really obvious, and it's been 320-some days. For a year, I should say, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, since they've wanted this. I mean, certainly when it came out Friday night, it's on national TV, it's on WFUV. You get up for that, uh, certainly so. But when you think about it, the coaching staff to a man, even Dave Roach, I talked to him today, and he said, no, it's not a revenge game, and then you turn it off and go, yeah, it's kind of a revenge (laughs) game. And the players... Jay, uh, jake dixon said at applebee's last week because that's where we hang out for monday <laughs> night quarterback and he just goes yeah we want this game we <laughs> want this game more than the others so you can say all you want that that's just another game this was not just another game and i think fordham i said it when villanova came out against fordham it was blood in the water they really wanted to take fordham to task today it felt like fordham had the swagger back they were barking in their faces they really wanted this game and I think the shoe was on the other foot in this game.
0: Well, guys, it's everybody's favorite segment, or at least speaking for myself, it's my favorite segment of the one-on-one post-game show. It's time for our players of the game. And this is spe- specifically fun because I know that no matter what, Nick is going to steal Mike's answer. So, guys, you take feel- it away. You're players of the game. We
1: just talked about no, this. We, Nick, we, we talked
0: about
3: him. it. I'm not stealing it this week. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> I'm, I'm going with Michael Niebrick for the player of the game for Fordham. Look at his numbers. 23 completions, 32 attempts, 287 yards, three touchdowns. He led this offense up and down the field, was the commander-in-chief out there. I like what he did. And then going over to the Lafayette side, I'm probably stealing yours, this one. It's Ross Sherman to, yeah. is, the, is the only guy that could possibly be the player of
1: the game for Lafayette. So take that, Mike. All right, Mike, you got
0: your work cut out for you now.
1: He's a thief. He is. Uh, well, uh, if you want to talk about who led the Fordham offense, that might be easy. But if you want to talk about who led the Fordham defense, four sacks in this game. Brett Biestick was all over the field behind the line of scrimmage, made a fair number of tackles as well, nine total tackles, led the team. He'll probably be a Patriot League defensive player of the week, I would think. And on the other side, I mean – Ryan Forrester, maybe? I don't know. It's it really Maybe the the tight end that caught uh, Brian Keller. He got a touchdown. Dude, I, I'm going to go Ross and In truth, you just got to go. <laughs> I mean, back to the horse. He, he yeah. was so good in the receiving game. You wish he had played more because in the second half, I don't know where he was. Well, especially we really the first half. He
0: seemed like he was their entire offense.
1: He was yep. their entire offense. That's not at all a, a misnomer or a misrepresentation. So, yeah, I'll go with Sherman. And once again, he's going to fall short uh, on first-team All-Patriot League to afford him running back, I think, at the end of the year because I think it's Chase's to be had because Chase is less than 100 yards from 1,000 on the season through six games. But and he uh, also had one game where he ran for negative five yards. you got to factor that <laughs> in, too. <laughs> that's true so. enough. So, yeah, no, I think that's it. And then final thoughts on this one, Nick, I mean, at least for me, you have to be excited. 5-1, and 2-0 oh in the Patriot League. You're dominating Patriot League teams. You're doing what you need to do. No reason to think this team isn't looking to make another playoff run.
3: Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, you look you look at what they were able to do against Lafayette, one of the teams that's in contention for the championship. They won it last year. I mentioned it in the open. If you want to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. And the Rams did that tonight, so great win for Fordham. Yeah, Matt, thank you very much. Well, thank you,
0: guys. It's always a pleasure to hear your players of the game. But more than that, always a pleasure to hear the call. Mike Watts, Nick Legerafo on the call there. Once again, the final score of today's game, Fordham 42, Lafayette 18. The executive producer of Fordham football is Bob Aaron. Supervising producer of today's game has been Meryl Servan. Producer of today's game has been Kelly Coltis. Field engineer producer has been Anthony Pusick. Our studio engineer has been Taras Logeski. Thanks to the Fordham Sports Information Director Joe DeBarry and his staff for all of their assistance, not just tonight, but all season long. Tune in tomorrow when one-on-one returns to its usual time at 1 p.m. Next Saturday, Fordham hosts an Ivy. When Penn comes to town, kickoff is at 1. The pregame show comes your way at 12.50 on 90.7, wfuv.org, and wfuvsports.org. Until then, for Mike Watts and Nick Legerfo, DJ Sixsmith on the sidelines, and Yolo David with the updates. And highlight producers Kim Benza and Taylor Grebelia, this is Matt Morrow. Have a good evening, everybody. Fordham Rams football is a production of WFUV Sports.